0: Driven, ambitious and love all things marketing, I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career and my passion, providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus everything I wish my 20 year old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello, welcome to another Marketing Nuggets podcast. As marketers, we have been given a lot more tools to create much more personalized, targeted marketing campaigns and steer away more from a one-message-fits-all. And as more and more marketing spend goes into digital and away from more traditional platforms... Content marketing and the power of the right copy to the right person at the right time has become imperative to nail your strategy. Content and copy have become pivotal pillars in marketing teams. And I am thrilled to welcome onto the Marketing Nuggets podcast one of the very best that I have had the pleasure of working with. So, Ruby, welcome to the podcast. You're our first ever guest. So, I'm super, super excited that it's you. So, I have sort of given a teeny intro into the topic, but Please do give a little intro to you a little on who you are and what you've done and where you are now.
1: So I'm Ruby. I'm currently marketing content manager for Coventry University, so working in the higher education sector. And my background is content really, content roles within the marketing industry. I've always worked within a content-specific role. And I guess I didn't always plan to go into marketing. For me, I wanted to be a writer, so I studied journalism and creative writing at university. When I was younger, English was like the one thing that I actually liked I was really good at it and I was just always reading always writing I just knew that whatever I did I had to do something kind of in that in that area so yeah so when I graduated I think a lot of people found this but it's it's so much harder than you think to get a job and especially I mean I studied in London and then I moved back to the Midlands where you know jobs in journalism weren't necessarily that accessible so for me marketing was kind of I guess a step into the professional world I still wanted to be a writer and be a journalist but I was like okay what can I do in the meantime to get myself some experience so content role came up at a Hair and Beauty Wholesaler it was writing product descriptions for all of their products which was like the dream at the time I was like couldn't believe my luck! it was literally like 10 minutes away from where I lived as at the time so I was like this is amazing and it was a really really good role it was really challenging but I learned so much and I think it was there that I kind of figured out that content was maybe you know something that I was quite good at and something that I wanted to do
0: and then you went from so you went to content exec and then talk a little bit about where you are now like what other jobs that you did to get there?
1: Yeah, so I started off in that first role. I was, yes, yeah, so like entry level, writing product descriptions literally day in, day out. I loved it though. Like it was, oh my God. When I think about how many words I must have written during <laughs> that time, but I did, I did love it. But during my time there, I learned a lot about like digital marketing. So, I ended up managing the content on the website as well, managed their social media channels, did a little bit of corporate PR as well. So it was a very varied role and I grew quite a lot while I was there. I was there for about almost almost three years. I was there. So I kind of developed quite a lot in that time. And by the time I left, I was managing a small content team. So then, yeah, so content exec at that point then went on to my next role as content exec again very varied so looked after social media looked after the kind of overarching content plan and what that looked like across all the different channels and yeah so it was it was in that role that I kind of developed as I was promoted to be content manager and then I've kind of gone on from there really to to where I am now.
0: Nice I feel like when young marketers are looking at different roles I feel like we get taught how to do channels and nobody goes but this is really what the job entails so with everybody that comes on and and with my role currently I'm trying to do a bit of a like look behind the curtain so if you could give us a quick whistle stop tour of what your job entails as a content manager a sort of day in the life to get people to see what you do that's a difficult one because I feel like no day is the same but that's what I really
1: like about my job I like the variety and I will say I think content roles and content manager roles like will differ from from company to company I mean I know that in my previous content manager role there were things that I managed and looked after that I don't even think about now so it's it's very varied but I guess for me at the moment it's kind of identifying the content need and what what the best piece of content will be for that need so you know is it a video is it a is it an article do we need to create a blog for for this so it's about identifying that content need but in terms of kind of data Today it could be anything from briefing copy, briefing. So we have an internal and in-house studio, graphic designers, multimedia team. So it could be briefing them, or it could be briefing external agencies. Copywriting. So I still still get to do a bit of copy, which I which is really important to me actually, because I love copy. So it's nice to still be able to do a little bit of that. But yeah, it's it's really varied, like you said before. I think it's really important that we're not just focusing on channels. I think content goes across all the different channel so pr social it all relies on content and i think that's what i like about the role really it's it's so varied
0: it's i guess it's one of those you can't really put it into a channel where you have social media or where you have retail marketing or gosh i'm thinking ppc seo you have to know what's going on in every channel and make sure they sort of all weave together because at some point throughout the week in a typical week I feel like every channel needs your help (laughs) in some way whether it's copy whether it's content from a from how it weaves in with a marketing manager point of view I feel like we come to you and say okay this is what I want to happen can you make this sound good like (laughs) can you help to make it and 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 think that it's really important for a content manager to realize that you are so horizontal in your role and you are you are very weaved in to everybody else and you probably need to know as much as social do in terms of what everybody else is doing definitely and I
1: think that's why I'm really happy that throughout my career I have kind of touched on different channels you know I've managed social media channels I've I've done a bit of PR I've you know looked after website and things like that so having that understanding is really key I think if you if you want to work in content you have to have a general understanding of key marketing channels to know what what's going to work on those
0: channels So what is, we get misconceptions all of the time. What is a common misconception on what a content manager's job is? It's a really difficult one. I think it's a misconception of content in general, really. Content isn't
1: a channel. It, it's Every channel really relies on content because content managers and content roles are a relatively new concepts. When I was at university, like I said, I didn't know anything about content managers or I didn't even know that was a thing. So the misconception is people don't really know what it is and they don't realise that all these channels rely on content. That's probably the biggest kind of misconception it's because content is a bit of a buzzword. Everyone's going on about content marketing and you know content's so important the content's key all this stuff but people when it boils down to it so like, do you really know like what it is
0: it's funny that you said the word buzzword because i feel like i absolutely agree i was like content is king can you tell us a bit of the difference between content and copy and is one more important than the other so i
1: Copy is content, really. So I see that copy being a form of content. It's difficult to kind of say, it's difficult to pit them against each other, because for me, content is kind of, you know, the overarching, and then copy sits within that. Good copy is, is really important across all channels all marketing channels social media for example you need to be talking to your audience but at the same time it needs to work for that platform having a big massive long lengthy caption doesn't always work but then if, it, if it's pr for example the copy needs to suit the publication needs to suit so th- there's so many different factors good copy is is really important and nailing good copy is is difficult
0: I always find yeah. it difficult not just across mm. channels but in within a channel so what I mean by that is social you're not going to be able to write the same copy for Instagram as you would on LinkedIn or you would in YouTube and I guess it's for you to know when people come to you and say I need you to write copy you need to know what's working on that platform what it needs to be because it's your job to not only write the copy but understand how it's going to resonate with people on said channel so you must have to be super super up to date with every single channel really
1: definitely I think and I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges working in content marketing because you do have to have an understanding of all of the big channels the main thing that I really would think about is what's the message what do we want to tell people if you can get that message consistent across all of the channels that's kind of the biggest challenge really and then obviously you can kind of hone in on the different audiences and platform and what works best for that platform if you've got the message right kind of halfway there definitely
0: I have obviously worked with you and I know the amount of work that you have on your plate at any one time especially because every channel at some point needs you and they can't get things live without you therefore you are very in demand a lot of the time so how do you be productive with the amount of content and copy that you have do you have like your top three or tips that you could give us to to staying productive thinking about this the other day
1: when I was not being productive so (laughs) I was like You know, just thinking about the podcast and like not being productive at all. But I think for me, and I think you touch on this a little bit in one of your previous episodes, but having a to-do list, and I know it sounds really cliche, but I live for a list. I love a list. I love stationery, so it means I can buy more stationery to make more lists. Yeah, having a to do list is absolutely key. And what I normally do is I end kind of every working day by doing my to do list for the next day so that when I start, I haven't got to think about what to do. I know that this is what I need to get ticked off that day. A lot of people Will just their to do lists are like massive, you know, try and tailor it, just try and kind of have a few key things on there that you absolutely have to get done. Otherwise, it can get a little bit overwhelming if you've got like pages and pages. <laughs> I know that people are busy and that there, there are there's loads to do, but try to keep your to do list concise. And then secondly, and this is a bit of a weird one, always check what your competitors are doing, check what other brands are doing. I find that when I'm feeling unproductive or uninspired, looking at my competitors or looking at just brands that I really look up to or admire, looking at what they're doing makes me more productive because I think... Oh, they're doing that. We can do that better. We can we can do something like that. Or oh, I really I really like that campaign, or I really like that piece of content. And it makes me want to create something. So I think it sounds a bit a bit of a weird one, but it does really help your productivity to see what other people are doing. And then thirdly, I think work out when you work best. So for me, I'm a morning person. Well, it depends. <laughs> i say that but yeah who who hasn't struggled getting up this past winter but no i work better in the morning so i try to anything that's kind of going to take a lot of time or anything i really need to concentrate on i'll try and block out some time to get that done in the morning but if you work better in the afternoon if you need a bit of time to kind of warm up block out those really important tasks in the afternoon so if, yeah trying to work out when you work best is is really important and can really help you be more productive
0: it is so true about your number two about checking on competitors is you get so in your bubble sometimes with your own brands that you're like so focused and then you're like I don't know what to do and just getting just spending an hour looking at everyone else's doing could really help so yeah I love that tip and not just competitors as well we get quite
1: caught up on competitors I always look at other brands as well and just brands and companies that are doing well they don't necessarily have to be associated to your industry or whatever it's really important just to look at what else is going on out there nice
0: you have to write a lot of copy in a content role you're asked to write copy for five different channels could be social email website a radio and a flyer that's a real typical brief that me as a marketing manager might like need your help on where would you even start looking at that like, what do you do? Always confirm what is the message. So what do we want
1: to tell people? What are we what are we saying, basically? So if I get a brief that comes through that I need to delegate to my team and it hasn't got the message, I'm like, no, like... <laughs> what are we saying yeah it's going back because what do we want to say what's the message so I think that's the first thing that you need to establish and then you can then delve a little bit deeper into the different audiences and the platforms and how that will look across those different platforms first and foremost what's the message what what do we want to say that identify that and then it's a lot easier then you can then break it down like I said by audience and by the 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 marketing platform the marketing channel
0: so yeah what's the message that's that's the key. (laughs) What would you say? So I am definitely not a natural copywriter. I wasn't that great in English. I really struggle, I think, with this as a step. And some people are really naturally able to write copy. Say if we don't have the luxury of having a copywriter or a content manager or anybody in the content copy space, what would you say to us on how to write marketing copy, or if you've got any tips for us, I would say
1: it's really important to, and this goes back to my point on just like looking at what other people are doing, but consume, 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 so you must you need to be reading, you need to be, and that's not to say you need to be reading a book, but read articles, read blogs, read, you need to be reading to be able to write. You'll find that a lot of people that enjoy writing also enjoy reading it kind of goes hand in hand I think anyway so I would say always consume as much content as you can and that will help you improve how you then draft and create content so I think that'd be my number one and then I think an understanding your audience and I think this goes for all marketing really but you can't you can't create something if you don't know who you're creating it for. So I think make sure you understand your audience. I think that's really important. But yeah, I would say if you want to write, you must read, you have to read, you have to be consuming content to be able to create it. And how much do you read? A lot. So I think through lockdown, I definitely started to read a lot more. I think It's easy to kind of get out of and that's why I say you don't have to read books, read, read blog posts, read the news, read, even if it's like, captions on social media like just just read it just always be consuming content but yeah I read a lot you have to consume content to be able to create it
0: okay interesting I have tried that I've really always struggled with reading and I'm like if I've got any free time like I'll watch Netflix but I've really found that after like during lockdown for me I've listened to loads more audiobooks I find like reading books really tough but if I'm like okay well I'll go on a walk and I'll listen to a book instead it's like a whole new world like I've never listened to an audio book before and now I'm on like 15 audio book. that helps as well like consuming
1: audible content especially in an age where tone of voice is changing slightly to be a little bit more conversational it's more relatable and obviously depending on the audience that helps as
0: well is there anywhere that you sort of go to learn about content and marketing any little places where you find a we like beneficial podcasts are great i think they're an easy way
1: to consume and to learn because you don't really feel like you're being lectured at i know there's some really good online courses out there and like linkedin learning is really good as well yeah, I would say say podcasts are definitely they're accessible. Like you said, you can listen to them while you're out on a walk. You don't feel like you're necessarily being like lectured out or you, you haven't got a complete like little task or little essays or, or quizzes at the end, but you can you're kind of learning without realizing that you learn. And I think that's what we need at the moment because people are so busy. People think that they're too busy to, to continue to learn or to do courses and things like that. But I think with a podcast, there's no excuse really.
0: We know the difference between a marketing manager and a content manager. What would you say to somebody that is not in the marketing sort of realm and how a marketing manager and a content manager's roles sort of differ, yes, but also like work together? I think it varies. I worked within content roles across
1: different industries, different sectors, and every role has been so different. So it's quite difficult to, I guess, say explicitly, this is what a content manager does, this is what a marketing manager does. But from my experience, I would say being a content manager you are very hands-on I guess and you kind of get stuck in and for me I'm I, I'll write copy I pick up bits i I feel like I'm like throwing shade at marketing managers I'm not <laughs> <But> I, just, <laughs> I just feel like content management management is maybe a bit more involved I guess marketing managers you have an overarching view of your marketing team you've got your events manager you've got your PR manager you've got your social media manager whereas with content management I guess you kind of oversee all that content and then you have your team to kind of help you execute that and help you create. So I would say it's a little bit more involved and a little bit more hands on, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at marketing managers.
0: <laughs> and I would say from a marketing manager point of view, marketing managers say you write the plan and you write what you need to happen. You you need to be in charge of the ROI that you want to achieve, what channels you're going to use, when things are going to be doing this a general organization and the general what's that end goal because you're responsible for it then it's a really good point that then you go as a marketing manager okay channel owners here's your work like come back to me every week and tell me how you're doing and then the marketing manager then take a step back and I agree that then the content manager has to really get into the nitty-gritty has to be in. All of those meetings with a creative team, with a social team, with a digital team, you have to be in there And not only be in there to help steer what they're going to do on content for their channels, but also help with the writing of it, help with the creating of it, help with the briefing of, okay, so we're going to go and do a video shoot, say, for one of our campaigns. And you would work super, super closely with the videographer to make sure that they know what they're doing and what they're developing. Definitely. Yeah, there's no shade.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good to hear I think obviously the messaging comes from marketing managers, what, what message they want to get across. But I think because from a content perspective, you work so hard to kind of craft that message in and you then are quite, I don't know how to phrase it, <laughs> you, you want, you're quite protective, I guess, of how that's portrayed across the different channels. So yeah, I think you're right. You're very involved.
0: And I guess if you didn't have that content manager, there's then a risk of all of the channel owners going off in their own directions, interpreting the brief and the marketing manager in their own way. And then you want your consumer to see whatever channel they're consuming our message on to know that it's the same company, the same campaign. And you just sort of help to align everybody to make sure that they've got the same message, the same content, and it might look slightly different depending on nuances of platforms. But overall, you could tell if it's a YouTube ad or a you billboard that it's the same campaign effectively. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's kind of key for any any content role, that consistency.
0: This is, I'm gonna throw some more some buzzwords out your way here. So there is a lot of talk in the marketing world about the shift that COVID will have on every single channel. Have you seen, you've worked the whole way through COVID in content roles and have you seen any, shift at all and do you think that that shift if there is a shift if it will continue
1: yeah definitely so user generated content absolutely it's it's increased massively throughout COVID. We were seeing more of it before COVID, but I think now it's it's been really difficult for brands to create their own content in the way that they usually would. So they do rely on the, the consumers or on influencers, on, on their followers to create content. But I think it's really positive. I think use generated content, not only is it a lot easier for the brand or the company, but it's, it's accessible and it's relatable. And even now, if I'm just scrolling through social media and I see like a really polished ad i'm just like nah it's it's an ad stop stop don't try and sell to me whereas if it's something that's user generated content it's so seamless and it it kind of fits into what we're used to consuming as as consumers so I think user-generated content is definitely, yeah, the biggest kind of change. But I think it was coming anyway. I think with kind of influencers and the whole influencer marketing,
0: yeah, it was was bound to happen. I guess people didn't have physical time. Like, they couldn't go out and shoot stuff. So we had to rely on... People that love brands to help us create content. So yeah, definitely just sped it up, I think. Your top three mistakes you hate when it comes to copy and marketing. What is your like bugbears in the content world? I think for me, I hate branding
1: consistency. So especially in copy, if you see they're presenting their brand differently so like the name of the brand is presented differently or it's that messaging getting that nailed and then you can kind of see that it's consistent throughout the campaign or throughout all of the content I think that's key so I hate when there's so many inconsistencies yeah I like alignment Just not understanding audiences and not tailoring content to audiences is really frustrating. And as a consumer, it's really frustrating. What I try to do quite a lot, like put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. What would you want to see? So I think that's annoying if they're creating content that isn't necessarily suited to that audience. My third one was boring copy, but I don't really have much to elaborate. (laughs) Just if (laughs) it's just boring copy when it's repetitive and it's just you kind of zone out after the first paragraph like
0: yeah nah. keep it short keep it interesting move on doesn't need to be essays yeah are you listening my old english teacher doesn't need to be essays (laughs) what is your favorite thing about being a content manager i'm just gonna say my cat's just walked in so it's (laughs) no stop trying to gate
1: crash my favourite thing about being a content manager would definitely be the variety. You get to work with so many different channels, like throughout my career, I've worked with social media, PR, digital marketing, worked on campaigns. I love doing like shoots and that the creative element of it. So I'd say the variety is definitely, for me, the thing that, that makes me want to stay within the content world. The pace of the job as well, it's so fast paced. And I think sometimes I'm like, oh my God, can I just have a quiet day (laughs) but I like that I like to be busy so yeah I'd say they're the two things just how fast-paced it is and content is always evolving and it changes every day what people want to see you know what's popular what's trending so i really like that element of it as well
0: what marketing channel should we be keeping an eye on for 2021 that you think will be important so i'm not just saying
1: this because we're on your podcast right now
0: but i'm gonna say
1: podcast they're so accessible anyone can create a podcast now and there's some amazing ones out there a lot of the ones that we hear about are led by celebrities or people who are already quite well known but I think there's some really great podcasts out there from all, all types of people the fact that they're so accessible and so easy to create and it's, it's conversational and it's easy to consume from a creator point of view it's it's easy to do but then also from a consumer point of view they're they're so accessible and easy to consume just, yeah it's a win-win really in terms of just content in general I think like I said user-generated content is here to stay definitely and personalization i've seen a lot of personalization lately people i think because there's so many messages out there and there's so much content we consume content all day long without even realizing We scrolling through our phone we see ads on the tv we go out and we see billboards and whatever we're always consuming content so personalized content it's a great way to relate to the consumer a little bit more and make them feel a little bit special and brands are really honing in on that at the minute just kind of being a bit more direct breaking through the noise
0: and something that you said earlier about the tone of voice is coming a lot more conversational in brands and i feel like especially on platforms like twitter you can really see brands that stand out are the brands and the brands that make the press in their twitter feeds is because they're being sassy or because they're like having that personality one of my favorite people on twitter one of my favorite brands is paddy power and i I just think they're so funny because they just chat crap all day
1: (laughs) Hilarious, they do, and it's funny because a lot of it with Paddy Power as well. It's it's not always explicitly related to like betting or sport. It's it's quite general, which I think is good. It's when you can do that as a brand, you you know that you you're onto something good.
0: Yeah, no, cool. It would not be my podcast if I didn't ask this question. So, what do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? And let's do a personal and a professional one. I would say like if I was if I was to say
1: to my 20 I'm gonna say 21 22 actually because that's when I graduated and this this point kind of goes back to that but I would say just don't be so hard on yourself and I know it sounds really cliche when I graduated and I think a lot of people can relate it took me so long to find a graduate role I was like, what am I doing? What was the point in the last three years? What was the point in all this student debt? Like, and I just, it's a really difficult time for a lot of people, and especially in the current climate now as well, post-COVID, it's, it's going to be a difficult job market. But I think don't be so hard on yourself. Just keep going. Like, I must have applied for hundreds and hundreds of jobs, and I'm not the only one. I know that this isn't a new story. You know, loads of people can relate. Rejection is normal. Failure is normal. Just keep going, really. And it's not a reflection on you, because I think at the time I was like, oh, my God, like, what was the point in this degree? But it's just got to keep going. And then second, I would say, and I guess this is a bit of a personal and professional one, but I say you, you don't know everything and you probably never will. <laughs> so caught up and being like the best of everything and i i admit now that i don't know everything about content yes i'm a content manager yes i'm a content professional but it's it's always evolving the industry is always changing and i think we should all be open to always learning and always pushing to to find out more we'll never know everything
0: and i think on that point what i've really found in marketing teams is that everybody has their strengths so uh, working with you, for example, you you can see a vision of how a video is going to turn out and I can just give you one line and you'll go and make it amazing. And I think that people in the marketing world need to be really, really gracious in the fact that you have your strengths and know your strengths, own your strengths and put them to practice, but also brilliant marketing campaigns and brilliant marketing teams come out from everybody owning their channel and collaborative approach definitely and i'm all for that i agree yeah most definitely you're just never gonna know everything and think that that's why in our positions we need to make sure that we're that we're constantly learning and looking and seeing what's going on but you're right like you could spend 24 hours a day and there is still so much that you need to know so Definitely don't put so much pressure that everybody else knows those are things because everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's learning is a combination of learning and testing and experiencing the channels yourself to sort of see which works best. You'll never know everything.
1: And I think accepting that is, yeah, I think it. it's good to just acknowledge that and just play to your strengths, like you said.
0: Well, thank you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. And thank you for being our very first Yay. podcast guest on Marketing <laughs> Nuggets. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I loved it. It was good. It's good to chat. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now!